sewers have told much more about our societies than any other city part. This was true in the Mesopotamian Empire, when the first sewers were built, and it's still true today, where sewers probably are the best way to track the evolution of a pandemic. In between, there have been times where wastewater wasn't collected, and until recently, it was not treated at all. So, about how long have wastewater treatment plants been in existence? happening. April Fools, we gotcha. My name is Karina. I'm one of the co-hosts of CritterCast, and today we're changing things up a little bit. You are getting an extra special bonus episode for this most hilarious of April Fool's Day, but it won't be myself or Cassie that's guiding you through some fun facts of the world. Instead, we are participating in Operation Switcheroo, which is a really fun little project where like-minded podcasts swap episodes to help get their show out into the world with other listeners that might be interested. So today, you'll be enjoying an episode of the Don't Waste Water podcast by Antoine Walter. If you like what you hear today, you can check out the entire show at dww.show. Enjoy! When Homo sapiens turned into cavemen, he soon realized that he needed access to good quality drinking water. This is why he was establishing his homes near sources, rivers and lakes. But when it came to disposing of his droppings, some holes in the ground used to do the trick. How should we blame him? The importance of proper sanitation wouldn't be discovered before the 19th century. The thing is, humankind had to learn the hard way how important wastewater treatment is. For centuries, wastewater was disposed of in the streets and close to high population densities. This had obviously serious impacts on public health along with the environment. But while numerous epidemics have ravaged Europe through the Middle Age and until the 19th century, humans still tended to have short memories and easily forgotten that inappropriate sanitation wasn't helping at all. Sadly enough, a terrible statistic summarizes this fact. Every 20 seconds, a child dies somewhere in the world from a lack of sanitation. Indeed, the history of wastewater treatment only tends to evolve when three key parameters are aligned. Suited technologies, political will, and desire for social reforms. But before checking how treatments appeared, let's review how wastewater first got managed. The first evidence of drainage systems has been found in Babylonia and Ur. Remains of homes from the Mesopotamian Empire, so 35 to 25 centuries before Christ, show connections to a drainage system. Even more interesting, some of these latrines were connected to cesspits, considering that those cesspits were the first iteration of the modern septic tanks, it can be considered as a wastewater treatment, even if, of course, rudimentary. So that's the first answer to our question. About how long have wastewater treatment plants been in existence? Well, about as long as we can track records of civilization, so 3,500 years before Christ. 
But wait, having started this early, one could expect wastewater treatment to be a science deeply entrenched in our civilizations. So how can it be that still 80% of the world's wastewater remains untreated 5,500 years later? The answer is terribly simple. Sewage management and wastewater treatment is almost a reverse history of progress. The Mesopotamian Empire actually wasn't an exception in antiquity. The Indus civilization was also very advanced in sewage management, with a high priority given to hygiene. The dense settlement in cities like Harappa and Mohenjo-Daro pushed municipalities to care closely about sewage. Houses were connected to drainage channels and sums were used to catch the heavier solids. Drainage channels were covered with bricks and stones so that maintenance works could be carried out. All of this as early as 2,500 years before Christ. Some centuries later, the finest houses in Heracopolis had bathrooms and toilets. This shows that ancient Egyptians cared as well about wastewater management and this since 2,100 years before Christ. A bit less advanced than the Indus, though, Egyptians would let wastewater flow directly to the desert. But the most impressive of all ancient civilizations is probably ancient Greece, and particularly the city of Knossos. Built in 2000 before Christ, the closed sewer of the city not only still exists, but is also still fully functional today. Kind of a definition of building to last. The Greeks had complete sewage systems. It started from collecting wastewater in the households, then conveying it in sewers to collection tanks outside the cities. This black water was then used as irrigation to fertilize crops in fields nearby. The Romans didn't invent sewage management, but they improved it to a level of excellence that could make modern civilizations blush. Actually, they were the first to build an integrated water service, from collection to disposal. Romans soon realized that spring water was much better for human health than surface water, which led them to build the aqueduct infrastructure we can still see nowadays. They also valued water as a precious resource. This led them to recycle wastewater from the spa and reuse it to flush the latrines, closing the water cycle in a manner that we still struggle to match. This effort did not stop at the door of the richest homes. Rome also worked to supply public baths, water fountains and latrines to everyone. This was sanitation for all and a wider proportion of Romans had access to clean water and managed sewage than Italians had 2,000 years later. In some places, local conditions were leveraged to bring wastewater treatment to new levels. This was the case in Pompeii, where lava layers added a filtration touch to cesspits, effectively cleaning wastewater before returning it to the environment. With the collapse of the Roman Empire, the culture of water vanished. If wastewater treatment plants somehow had been in existence since the Mesopotamian cesspits, it would simply disappear for more than a millennium. Sewers were abandoned and without maintenance, they soon became unusable. The same happens to the water infrastructure. 
everybody forgot the science of the Romans and water was again drawn from surface waters regardless of direct pollution from all kinds of waste. Water became a source of disease and was even considered as directly harmful. It was said to open your skin pores, letting impurities in, so even bathing was discouraged. A few exceptions to this overall regression included cities like Milan or Florence, where the use of cesspits was still enforced and a municipal service in place to empty them and discharge them to the rivers. Plague epidemics ravaged Europe throughout the Middle Age and Renaissance, and this widely because of the lack of sanitation. Even when positive measures were taken, such as François I ordering homeowners in Paris to build cesspits, it was counterproductive. Indeed, those leaking cesspits were located directly next to the 25 to 30,000 wells used in Paris at the time to draw potable water. I let you imagine how potable that water really was. This was a funny yet unintentional attempt at direct potable reuse, all of this with very rudimentary wastewater treatment. Even in countries seen today as very progressive, such as Switzerland, wastewater management encountered heavy resistance. Farmers of Zurich almost rioted when the city planned to introduce sewers as they used the wastewater for irrigation. And citizens of Basel voted against installing sewer and drainage systems many times, the last one in 1881. The Industrial Revolution spawned a major turning point. With always more people living in cities, the population concentration triggered a change in urbanization policies. Wastewater management could not stay an afterthought and environmental conditions had to improve. In a first attempt at solving the wastewater challenge, the city of London introduced a new philosophy. The solution of pollution is dilution. Wastewater was collected across the city, with a sewer system being built from 1858 to 1862. It was then mixed with the Thames without any consideration of assimilation capacity of the river. Cesspools that had been used in London throughout the 18th century were closed and replaced by flushing toilets. And all that flushed black water was rejected to the Thames, which rapidly became incredibly polluted. The river was given the nickname of Monster Soup. Around this mid-19th century, several cities across Europe and North America started building centralized large-scale sewers. Frankfurt was the first in Germany in 1867, Paris the first in France in 1854, Napoli followed in Italy in 1889, and Basel finally accepted to collect its sewage in 1899. Paris actually did not stop at collecting that wastewater. They also conveyed it outside the city, in the northwest in Asnières, then Asher. There, in a similar fashion to ancient Greeks four millennia earlier, wastewater was dispersed in specially reserved fields. This was a good solution for Paris, as the Seine River was anyways flowing to the northwest and thus taking pollution away from the heart of the city. But it was a disaster for Rouen, the next large city downstream on that same river. 
this solution would nevertheless stay in place as is for another 40 years before the construction of the Asher, Valenton, Noisy-le-Grand and Colombe wastewater treatment plants. On the other side of the Atlantic, pollution control regulations were in place in Boston or Chicago since the 18th century. However, they were not enforced so that the US situation was very similar to their European cousins throughout the 19th century. So let's raise one more time the question about how long have wastewater treatment plants been in existence? Well, if we now speak of real wastewater treatment and not just physical separation, the turning point is 1912. What happened that year is a revolution. For the first time ever, the Royal Commission on Sewage Disposal introduced a revolutionary concept, Biological Oxygen Demand, BOD. Setting the mark was first a way to measure the impact of wastewater discharge on the environment, but also a way to measure treatment efficiency and set the regulatory threshold to enforce proper sanitation. This breakthrough rapidly populated the other Western countries. The deployment of wastewater treatment plants was then slowed down by the First World War, but resumed shortly after. The works of Streeter and Phelps in 1925 and Imhoff and Marr in 1932 set the foundation stone for aeration-deaeration models that would remain as a cornerstone of modern wastewater treatment. That being said, wastewater treatment is of course a science, but it also has to cope with ideology. For instance, one of the key consequences of the early Nazi government in Germany was to stop the wastewater treatment initiatives. Their blood and soil ideology was pushing towards fertilization of crops through sewage effluence, despite the newest advances in sanitation and science. Another showstopper was of course the Second World War. Plant building was paused and many existing facilities were damaged or destroyed. If the sanitation effort resumed in some countries like the US or the UK straight after the end of the war, it would take longer in continental Europe. Priority was given to rebuilding the cities and economy, a bit less on preserving the environment and the human health. Nevertheless, the scientific consensus around the correlation between chemical water pollution and toxicity induced the first real environmental regulations in the 1950s. This would allow for wastewater treatments to develop over the second half of the 20th century. But that's another story. So let's conclude. How long have wastewater treatment plants been in existence? Well, Wastewater treatment has been around since the Mesopotamian Empire through the use of cesspits. Now, can we consider this a plant? Not really. Thus, the first wastewater treatment plants rather date back to the inception of BOD as a measurement, so from the beginning of the 20th century. That's it for today. I hope you liked this special episode, which is part of a bonus series we're rolling out on the Don't Waste Water podcast. Besides our Wednesday interviews, we will run a kind of water and wastewater 101 series that will air regularly on Mondays. In addition to this episode, you'll find on dww.show a couple of infographics that summarize the key milestones of wastewater management history. And don't worry, the link is also in the show notes. 
And of course, if you have questions you'd like us to address, you can reach out to me anytime, whether on LinkedIn or through the website's contact form. See you soon. to Don't Waste Water. This podcast was brought to you by GF Piping Systems. Loved this episode? Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. See you next time.